food, baby. We in here, yeah, we in here. We Y'all better get comfortable with saying black. We in here, yeah, we in here. Black versus the Board of Education. Cause we can't get rid of us now. We in here, yeah, we in here. Cause we can't get rid of us now. And you know we in that's why we are indeed a whole mood. That's it. to make their debut um but while we're waiting you know i i think that we have time to go through some introductions and let you know who's in this room so we're going to start right over there my fella is coming back uh off a a, a vegas tour and and now he's back in his blue and go go ahead and say what's up fella (laughs) (laughs) pull your microphone to you please so we can hear you how you doing my name is carlos child advocate coach and um still grieving 49 fan Oh, <laughs> Adrian has your back. Adrian has your back. Indeed, <laughs> Miss Keela. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, it's your girl Keela. Um, today's Monday, and I worked out today, so we're doing great so far this week. I'm feeling that. Um, I'm still waiting for Keela to let me know when we're gonna go take our Zumba class. That has not materialized, but one day it's gonna happen. I promise you. Uh, <laughs> sir, it's on you. Hello, my name is Adrian. Um. Good Monday. Good Monday. Monday. Anything exciting happen you want to share with the group? No? Mm, I'm starting a new book. Okay. Tell me about the book now. I've only read a chapter. Okay. A chapter of? uh, It's called The Color of Law. Oh, I love that book. You're going to enjoy it. So much packed into that one little book. Yeah, it's a lot. And if you can get your hands on that book, I'm sure you will be amazed as well. Miss Quinessa, hey, hey, hey. Hi, everyone. I'm Quinessa, youth advocate and potential contestant on Karaoke Knockout. Okay. So what, what, what is not, now, what is this Karaoke Knockout? It's what is this? A reality show. Uh-huh. What? And I'm um, a finalist to be on the reality show. You're a finalist to be on the reality show. Wait. Don't vote for me. <laughs> this, this is news to me. So you're a finalist on Knockout Karaoke. What, what, what is the point of it? So you, there's like do two different kinds of karaoke ones, like people who actually can sing and then one for people who are just like putting on a good show that that's where i'm at you're I, at the good show yeah i okay. can't sing oh you cannot sing. You perform. okay so yeah. you're a performer yeah and then the pro you almost made me say something she can sing she can sing she'd be playing really mm-hmm. keila's really telling stories on keila's this. really not on it's fake mm. news this is not fake news thank you layla and layla's backing her up see now we got to go to karaoke because <laughs> i too dibble and dabble in the art of karaoke <laughs> so we we gotta figure that out because now i'm intrigued i, I don't know nothing about the the knockout karaoke i did see that sacramento is going to be hosting somebody with trap karaoke oh what have y'all have y'all been to that no no but i would love to go yeah we okay karaoke? we should we should figure out where where it's going to be and we should all show up because we could do that um I'm, I'm trying to pick the song that i'm going to do I don't know if I'm feeling, you know, Aretha Franklin-ish or if I'm going Beyonce. I'm not really sure. Beyonce. You said Beyonce? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You got to go hardcore. 
Park trap. Trap. Okay, trap. so mm. like what? Like Fantasia? <laughs> That's what we talking about. <laughs> Am I growling like Fantasia? What's happening? <laughs> I was thinking like Chief Key for Chief Key. What? Yes, yeah, crap. <laughs> Got to get in the gutter. At least get in the gutter. Trap oh, and Lord. Trap and screw. You, 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 you do trap karaoke? What no, would you do? It. I've seen it. No, I've seen it in other cities. Okay. So like they have it in LA. I know they've had it in Houston. So, I mean, it just seems lit. And shout out to my girl, Nakisha. She actually led off with trap karaoke last, last season or whenever they were here before. Um, I don't know. Did, I don't know if she rapped, but she's quite the rapper. Um, And so I'm just trying to figure out. So you're saying I have to do something in the rap genre mm -hmm. yes hip-hop rap okay. okay um so like nwa would suffice yo yo yeah yeah, yeah. okay so <laughs> i can say like i'm coming straight out of compton and everybody oh. would know that i was lying but i could just still do it <laughs> yes ma'am yeah, you got to put on a performance okay or straight out of valley high you are a professional straight out of valley high same, i mean i mean same, we could do that too same beat, <laughs> same beat. i can't with y'all so we we are actually going to be talking to some candidates once they um they show up and I'm really excited because um I I know what SCOE is like the Sac County Office of Education but I've never talked to someone who was running um to be part of the board right and as much as we go and we we kick up dust and all these and you are ready on and I'm gonna need you to knock that off um <laughs> as much as we kick up dust in in the school districts around here um I'm I'm intrigued to know what they do. And what purview they have over these rogue school districts? Because somebody got to check somebody soon. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if this is my candidate. I'm I'm, I'm excited to talk to Miss Vanessa. Um, we also have um, Miss Penelope. She's running for D2 now. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking to a bunch of folks from D2, um, and I'm just trying to see um, what exactly we're getting right. Because we had um, who do we have last week? Miss Mary. Miss Mary was here. Um, she was talking about her neighbors not wanting to be part of them other people, mm -hmm. right? She did say that. Um, and then um, we had Miss uh, Veronica slid through and, and laced us with some game on what she's seen as as part of uh, the folks who've been working in the background for the last two representatives for D2. And who else have we talked to? Is that it? Those, those two so far? He's not too huh? No, I don't think he was. No, he was running for mayor. Oh, that's right. Yes. We just... Yes. A lot going on. Mr. Avia? Avia? Mr. A. Mr. A? Yes, ma'am. Okay. With, with the military background? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, he was amazing. I, I liked his energy. Yeah, he was cool. He, he taught me a lot about how they can't, um, how they cannot uh, raise money for their Penelope is in the building. Um, and Miss Penelope, I don't want to call her by her first name if she ain't, we ain't friends yet. Uh, <laughs> So as she's making her way into the room, we're just going to keep it, keep it moving. If she can come on in, uh, we waiting on her. Um, but like I'm saying, we've had a lot of people come through and, you know, we're in the middle of our civic engagement series. Um, today's uh, episode is Choices and Votes. And we have two incredible women, Black women running. Happy Black History Month, if I didn't say that already. Um, we have two women running to represent the people. And so I'm excited to get to know them and, and to see what we can look forward to. Um, of course, our, our community, we have some, some choices that we need to make. Um, and we're always looking. Um, we're always going to be looking for who has our best interests at heart. And so I'm excited. Miss Penelope's going to um, make her way to her chair and put on her headphones. 
and we're going to get the conversation going once she introduces herself. Um, yeah, go <laughs> I like that uh, Black Panther beret you got rocking today. Come on now. I, I see it. I'm, I'm loving the Black Panther beret. I can't see it very clearly, so I'm going to go ahead and put on my glasses. Uh, <laughs> and then um, once you are comfortable and you can hear us well, you can hear us well? Okay, go ahead and pull that microphone close to you and go ahead and introduce yourself and we will start with our round of questions Beautiful. for you. Well, my name is Penelope Larry. I am originally from the sunny San Diego side of oh. California, uh, where I was born and raised. I came to the Bay Area. Okay. What part? Oakland. Oakland. Okay. That's okay. Homage to Oakland. I see what right. you did there. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> it's been a while. So I, I was I, I was there for a while. Actually, I ran away from home, and that's how I got to Oakland. I ran away from home when I was 17 years old. I moved to the city where my dad was living. If he had lived in Chicago, I would have moved to Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I got there and I I liked it. While I was there, I was living by myself at 17 in my dad's apartment. He said to me one day, you need to pay rent. And I didn't know what that meant because I had not paid any rent, paid light bills or anything. From that, I quit high school so that I could get a job. I got a job and I began to work. And I started my own business right around the age of 25. Okay. Started a um, organizing for professionals, businesses. I did that for about 12 years. Had two offices in in Oakland and a satellite office in San Francisco. I did that for many years until I moved to Sacramento. Oh, and, and what year was that when you moved, I to, moved Sacramento? to Sacramento? 25 years ago. 25 years ago. So you're not new to this. You're true to this, right? I'm not new. I am. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I've been around the way for a long time. Okay. In a, in a good way. Okay. Yes. Well, I right. love that. Thank I love that. So and yes. and um, you actually know my mother. Who's your mother? Miss Candy Jackson. Candy Jackson from the school in from the school from Mount Monterey Trail. Yes, uh huh. That's your she mother. She said that's my friend. I said, who's your friend? Man. And so I have I have a couple stories about you, but I'm gonna share them later. We're gonna kick it to Miss Quinessa, and she's gonna start us off with your first question. Okay. You want to call me by Miss Larry? I just heard you say you can't call me by my, by my first name. You're not my friend yet. Uh, well, because I, I no, no, mother. I called you Miss Miss Penelope. Oh, okay. Um, but um, <laughs> but I said, oh, we're waiting for Penelope. I said, no, no, I can't call her by her first name. No, no, Miss Penelope, or would you prefer Miss Larry? I'm okay either way. I okay. prefer Miss Penelope though. Okay, perfect. Um, I was reading your website, and one thing that stood out to me um, was you talked about being in the Junior Olympics. Hmm. Can you tell us what that's like, like what that is? It's really exciting. Well, I, I ran track when I was in, in um, junior high yes, school. And so I was a I was an independent when I ran in that race. Okay. I ran in several, ra several races, but when I got to the Junior Olympics, I was an independent. And I came in third in the 100-yard dash, but it was 100. It wasn't meters then. It was, uh -huh. it was 100 yard dash. I was fast. In a, oh, well, I was, <laughs> and then I was highly sought out after that. After okay. I ran that race and I had other people come into my mom. They wanted to get me on their team, but I'm, my mom was like, no. Then and Anyway, we ended up running with a group of, there was an African-American woman who had a, a team of, of athletes called Mickey's Missiles. 
Oh, in San Diego, Mickey's missiles. Mickey's missiles, and so Mickey Mickey was her name. She was a she was a famous track star. I don't remember the story about her. You went way back. I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> too far back. <laughs> she said Mickey's missiles, and I admitted, I'm like, is that did Disney have a team or <laughs> no? No, this thing was Mickey's because the people on her team were were fast. They were like missiles. Wow, I love so that. Why, yes, so I did that. Yeah, you did some deep reading there. Yeah. <laughs> <Find> that one. <laughs> well, I mean, you had a website that we could actually read, so we appreciate that, so we can get a little bit prepared. Adrian, um, just a simple. What made you run for district two? Good question, um, Adrian. Actually, this is my first time being involved in anything political, and uh, what happened here is that I got mad about something. I saw something at the time I was residing in District 1. I was living in Natomas. I was living across the street from the Natomas Aquatic Center. Uh And and I saw about two to 300. It was a lot. A lot of African-American children, youth over there at the Aquatic Center, which is a is a rare phenomenon. Maybe you see three, four, maybe you see 10, but you don't see a whole group of them. And so I, I ventured to go across the street. What is going on over here? And I found out that the Roberts Family Development Center had bust in the youth in order for them to enjoy the water. That angered me. Oh, wow. Because I thought about children coming from District 2 to enjoy water mm-hmm. and District 1. And I thought, why is there not a level of water like this in District 2? Mm. It angered me, but I didn't do anything. But I was mad about it. And I I said it to someone. I said it to several people. And they mm-hmm. were like, well, what are you going to do about it? Mm. Just talk about it? And I'm thinking, well, what could I do? Someone said to me in one of these conversations, you should run for city council. I'm like, what? Run for city, run for city council. So then I prayed on it. Mm-hmm. I felt like I heard from the Lord to run to do it. And I said, well, you know what? I, my test is to talk to my husband because he's my naysayer. He's going to say, no, we ain't not doing that. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said, I feel like um, I'm being led to run for city council. He said, yeah, he gave me the thumbs up. He said, yes, let's do it. Mm-hmm. I said, well, let me figure out how it, how it, how it's done. And it comes to find out it's a low barrier to entry to get in. Oh. There are only three criteria really to get in and um, very easy to meet. I met those criteria, and and that's how I entered into this race. Thank you. Ms. Keela? Um, so I was also looking on your website, and it said, like, things that you were good at, and you mentioned um, good problem-solving skills. Can you give us an example? I am. That's that's my wheelhouse. Okay. And in order to want to be a business owner, you need to be a good problem-solver. That's all, that's all life is any, anyway, in general. If you can solve problems. You can help people to live their lives well. And so one of the problems I solved back in this business that I was talking about is that I was I was a paper organizer. That's what it was. I could look in here. It could be a room full of paper. It could be stacked up to the, to the ceiling. And I could walk in there and I can figure out a strategy as how we're going to get this paper off of the floors in, the, in your file cabinets or on the computer. I could figure that out. Also, I am a mother. And so in order to be <laughs> Come on mother, you have to be a problem solver. And so while my children were growing up, and I, and I have to say this also is that I never wanted to have children when I was growing up. But now that I have children who are grown now, is is one of the best things that, that happened to me because what your question, I learned to solve problems that way. I learned how to, how to navigate, how to 
reach out to resources to make things happen, to get things done so that my children could have a good learning experience. And so I solved a lot of problems that way. You want me to give you something specific? Well, that's good. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. But like, how would you use like what's an issue like within your community that you would want to fix? One thing I think is a huge issue in District 2 is trash. Mm. I also seen that one of your. It is blight. It is junk on the street. Mm -hmm. It is a major concern Mm -hmm. for me as it is some other residents and, and constituents. One of the ways I would solve that problem is twofold. One is just first pick up the trash. It's just that much of it. Mm. Just get it up. The second thing to do is to train people, teach, because people throwing trash on the street, for me, it's a mentality. Because mm. what makes people unwrap something and then just throw it on the tr- on the ground? What What makes people think they can take a couch on the back of a truck and just dump it on the street? There's a mentality that comes from that. For me, then it, it needs to be a retraining is that I live here. Mm. I don't want trash here yeah. where I live. I don't want to have to walk out my door and I see a bunch of trash outside or mattresses outside in District 2. There's a there's a misconception in District 2, I believe, that people, and it does kind of look like this also, that people don't care. Mm. And where they where people believe no one cares, then they begin to dump their trash yeah. on you or their, or they could be their issues are, are dumped there. That, that is something I definitely want to fix. It is my numero uno thing to do. I call that low hanging fruit. I think that's something that we can do in, in, in outside of whatever bureaucracy is going on in the city, whatever it is that when I get in there, if there's something that I am unaware of how to get things done, Mm -hmm. I think that's still a way to get things done because you could just call Julio or Pedro or Tyrone to come pick up your trash and, and you can get somebody to pay for it. I think, I think that's what I'm going to do first. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Carlos. Uh, Thank you for giving this opportunity to uh, speak with you and get to know you. Uh, You said something earlier and mine is kind of a two part question. You said uh, you were you went to go live with your dad, and it didn't matter where he was at. So, can you elaborate, like where you were at in life in general, and what made you make that decision? Wow. You you bring up a question that I actually have been dealing with for the past five days, mm. even though that was a long time ago. But but as I am on this journey, I'm I'm beginning to reflect what brought me here, and. Part of what brought me there was I had an argument with my mom. I was, I remember when I was 15. So this was, I say 17, I kept saying I, I ran away at 17, but my mom corrects me and say it was actually 16. I remember right around 15 or 16 was grad night at high school. My class at was going to Morris High School. They were going to, to Disneyland. I wanted to go to Disneyland and I was going with my boyfriend. On, on the night it was time to go, my mom said to me, I couldn't go. I'm like, well, man, you know, Reggie's waiting for me and it's time to go. She said, well, he never asked me if he could take you. Mm-hmm. I said, well, he didn't know you wanted him to ask you mm-hmm. if he could take me. From that, I felt like my mom just didn't know me. She mm-hmm. didn't really know who I was. I wasn't that girl that wanted to go out and be having sex with guys. And I did, she thought that's who I was, but it wasn't who I was. Mm. 
And I remember that. I remember when I ran away, I woke up that morning. I said, I'm not going, I'm not coming back mm. because I no longer wanted to live with someone. I felt they didn't know who I was. Mm. And so I left. That's what I was thinking at 15. Yeah. I left. Yeah. I didn't know how I was going to get up here. <laughs> you know, <and> I <laughs> called my dad. It's like, I'm not going back to the house. And he said, I'll send you a ticket because it was during that time. Mm -hmm. Tickets had to be sent. They were on paper. Mm -hmm. It took about a week for the ticket to get there. And um, and I stayed at my friend's house um, during that time. When I came up here to live to my dad, how my mom didn't really know who I was. And I was reflecting upon that because she still doesn't. Mm -hmm. She still doesn't know who I am. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking about that. So thank you for even asking that question. And so it, it took my mom about 30 days to call my dad to let him know she didn't know where I was for 30 days. Mm. And what? so I, that's how I got to Oakland. 30 days. Wow. You know, and, and we, we think about, you know, the stuff that our young people are enduring nowadays, right? And we talk about a lot around here, we talk about mindfulness. And we talk about, you know, being in a position to listen. So if you had the opportunity to communicate to your mom what you wanted her to know at that time, what would you say? Mm -mm. I, I thought then, mm -hmm. and I think it now, I'm smart. Mm -hmm. And I need to be mentored. I need someone to coach what's inside of me so that I don't miss nothing. Mm -hmm. and everything that's in me, that it comes out. And because I don't really know how to bring that out, I need somebody just to ask me some questions so that I do not shrink in any situation that I find myself in. And nor do I have to dim somebody else's light in order for mine to shine. But I don't go anywhere and be dim. I go, I bring light. Mm -hmm. I ask my mom, can you help bring the light out of me? Mm. That's deep. Because I think that there are a lot of kids who may feel the same way that you're feeling, right? Yeah. And some of them are in a position to vote for the first time, right? Yeah. And so as we're thinking about um, how you're processing, because you said you're on this journey. Yes. Um, what would you tell a, an 18-year-old who's voting for the first time? What can they look forward to if they were to give you their vote? Well, I, I, was, I would let them know that I get it. I get what it's like to be. I've been voting since I was 18 mm. because I, when, when I moved up here, I, the, I, 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 I became surrounded by some powerful black women that really just taught me, not on purpose. Yeah. I was watching them, taught me how to dress. That's why I'm still flighted. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Somebody, somebody, and this is a, somebody gave me some clothes that were not hand-me-down. Mm. Somebody gave me some clothes that they were still wearing that were good quality clothes. Not that they, they, somebody gave me some clothes that they didn't, they were not taken to the thrift store or to the Salvation Army mm -hmm. and told me, you go through them first. Yeah. Somebody gave me some clothes they were, that they were wearing and that, and that was, that, that nurtured um, a piece of me. And so I would say to somebody, if you are not already around somebody that can lift you up, that can nurture you, first do that. Mm. 
Number two is to listen to what it is that they are saying. People have been on a journey. People don't get old for no reason. Mm. They get old for a reason. And so, so if somebody has gotten old and they are around you, take from that wisdom. Yeah. And 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 then and then repeat some of the same things that they're doing. A lot of what I do, I'm just copying some of the other women that I've seen because I left the house so early. Now, granted, I I left the house and then I didn't get all of that was in the house. I don't know if that's good or bad because I mm. left. Mm-hmm. But 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 now that I'm I'm out here, I start looking around like I like that. I like that. I do that. I have a friend. He says it's okay to be a copycat as long as you copy the right cat. Copycat. That's right. Yeah. You, can, you can steal it. I stole it. I ain't. Right, right. And so that's what I am. I'm a copycat. I can be able to look at something that's like I, I love that and then emulate that. Right. Yeah. And I would say that to someone young. If there's somebody out there that is doing something that you want to do, then copy that. It's okay. And and then not only that, do some homework also. Mm. I like, I'm I'm educated. I I like education. This is what my mom didn't know about me is that I like to read mm-hmm. and I love to write. That's what that's about me. And if, and if you, whatever it is that you love to do, get around other people that love to do that and then exercise the right to vote because somebody lost their life for that. Mm-hmm. That's what's so powerful to me. I just got, someone just called me. Do you, do you mail in your vote or do you walk in? I baby, I walk in. I take those steps and I walk in there because I know that somebody that looks like me died mm-hmm. to for me that didn't know me. Mm-hmm. They died for me to have the right to vote. And so I take pride in that. So I would tell somebody, take pride in opportunities that are before you. One of them is to vote. And so vote. I say vote for Penelope Larry because uh, <laughs> because she she ran away from she ran away from home right when she was seventeen, but then even though she ran away from home, she got her GED. Okay. She went to school. She got her bachelor's degree in marketing. Mm. She furthered that and got her master's degree. I'm talking about a runaway girl. Right. She got her master's degree in in business, and then because she dropped out of high school way back in the day, just last year she went back and got her high school diploma. Come on, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so just make sure whatever it is that you want to do, don't let anybody or be around anybody and tell you you can't do something. If if they tell you you can't do anything, I would say this: bye. Ms. Penelope, I got a, I got a question real quick. What's your question real quick? Um, as you said, what you were saying about the, you understanding that people lost their life for this, right? How many average kids from 16 to 25 actually know that people lost their lives for that opportunity to vote? I don't, I don't know, but we have to begin to have the conversation with people. There we go. See, a lot of times people, the youth, they don't know what we've been through because we just don't talk. And then they go through their things and then we act like we haven't been through nothing. Right. Well, mm. I've been through something. I, I not only have to hear your story, but I have to tell you mine. Yeah. So when you hear my story, you'll be like, you know what? Yeah, you've been through something too. Yeah, I've been through something too. I was raped when I was 21. I had an abortion right around that time. I was raped by my then boyfriend at the time. People, A lot of people don't know that about me because we don't, people don't ask. And and then when I have an opportunity to tell someone a conversation who who I really am, then sometimes I don't say that. But I'm saying I, but not really me, because I'm just saying so I'm transparent. 
Yeah. I'll say what it is that I've been through that. I do think I am all that. At the same time, I'm not all that because I've been through something. It don't mean I'm not a bad girl because I think I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. And I think that um, it's important for us to share our stories. And I would like to invite you back. Um, we have a young adult support network here. Yes. And I think that that is a conversation that is worth having um, because they see a lot of adults and they act they because we act like we got it all together. We ain't never been through anything. They feel like we don't have anything in common. So I would love to invite you back to just take part that. of that conversation. Um, we meet on Wednesday. I don't know if you're free this Wednesday, but we meet first and third Wednesday. So you let me know when what you can time? come back at Six thirty, six, six. I'll check. If okay. I can, I'll be here. Okay. Because that's what I love. I love being around youth to let them know that's what right. I've been through. Yeah. And because I don't look like it. That's right. Yeah. But when I start to tell you my story, you'd be like, "Dang, yeah, yeah, I've been through that." And we have we have a couple more minutes left. Does anybody have a question that you just have to get out right now? And Carlos is already raising no, his it, finger. It's not what you doing? It, it ain't <laughs> No, you can just, go ahead. I'm just thinking go ahead. going to Oakland as a teenager. Yeah. And already having a relationship with mom, right? Did you seek out mentorship from the ladies in the environment or did the ladies seek out you? The ladies sought me out. Mm. They sought me. They already knew. They wasn't yeah. waiting for Superman. They they yeah. said, I'm put on my cape and come through. Yeah. And that's what we have to do. That's what's up. When I started my business, I called people. And tell me your business again. Is it the clothing? Or is that something else? That was something else. Okay. This my first one was organizing people to success. The the clothing business was was distinguished gentlemen. Yes. Right. I do. Yes. That. I'm always doing something successful. Mm -hmm. Now I'm running for city council. Girl, Come on. Watch me. Ooh, watch okay. her. <laughs> I felt that. Energy. She you said, did watch it? me. I said, oh, no, no, what I'm doing. Okay. I'm everywhere. I believe I, I believe whatever's come to me, I can do it. I can figure it out. Yes, ma'am. I can read a paper. I can watch I can watch a podcast. I was watching y'all. Like, Ooh. okay, they bad. <laughs> yeah, let me get on there. <laughs> We we love to have you for Thank sure. You so much. I'm gonna check my schedule for next Wednesday. Yes, this this Wednesday. Wednesday, this Wednesday, and if not this Wednesday, the first Wednesday of next month, we'll also be meeting. So the six. It's it's an open door invitation. I'll take it. Um, this is Miss Penelope Larry. She has some some something right here that she was. You gonna show it to us? Or? Well, you can um, see it. Come on, yeah, come on with this ponytail. Flyers. I see it. You yeah, see these it? Are my flyers. Look right. at this royal blue. Look at the ponytails is is oh, fly. I love it. Well, thank you so very much thank for you your so time much. today. Thank you all for your questions. Please make sure that you come and visit us again. The door is open. I appreciate that. Yes, ma'am. Tell your mother I said hello. I, I mean, she should be watching. You can probably look in one of them cameras over there and let her know you said, hey. Hey, Miss Jackson. Okay. <laughs> students to my to my store yeah so that i can help them learn how to read mm -hmm. how to do retail and then learn some soft skills you, you remember mm. who, those students i do not was it a boy and a girl it was that was miles and jada jada is our daughter oh, um, right. and miles oh. is my nephew so well, yeah. i remember love miles i love uh -huh. and he was real fly when he was trying some clothes Come on, on yeah i love <laughs> <laughs> yes ma'am yes ma'am wow, wow. Small world. Small world indeed. And um, we're going to transition. We have our next uh, guest out in the lobby waiting for us. Thank you so much. Make sure you come see us, okay? Perfect. I, I mean, all this energy, mm. I mean, all of this fire, 
up under this beret. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling all of it. I'm That's feeling right. all of it. That's right. And um, we got some choices to make with our votes coming up. Um, this is our civic engagement series. We are Black versus the Board of Education. You just heard from Miss Penelope Larry. Um, we are waiting for our next uh, guest to join us, and she will walking in. Okay, come on, hey, hey, hey. She's gonna put on those headphones. Yeah, hold on real quick. We're going to um, get those wiped down just for, for you really quickly. Um, um, because he just said, should I wipe them down? Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Um, and our next guest is here. I'm so excited to hear about you and, and SCOE and all that and how that works together and all these crazy school districts and what you plan on doing because it's, I know it's a lot. <laughs> well, thank you for having me and thank you for you know inviting me to be yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. He said one more time. Uh, <laughs> a little wet. Got it. <laughs> Tell us how to pronounce your last name. Kaigoi. Kaigoi. Okay. How how do you prefer us to respond to you? Is it Miss Kaigoi or is Miss Vanessa? Miss Vanessa. Oh, fantastic. I let the students call me Miss Vanessa. Miss Vanessa. Miss <laughs> what you know, Miss B. Okay. That's easiest for you all. All right. We just want to make sure we, we're responding to you in the way that you like. Uh -huh. So you can hear us, yes? Okay, pull that microphone next to your mouth. Go ahead and introduce yourself, and then we're going to start with questions because we don't want you to uh, run out of time, and we don't want to run out of time with you. No worries. All right, my name is Vanessa Kaigoy. I am a candidate for the Sacramento County Board of Education, Area 4. That is Citrus Heights, Orangeville, Gold River. Parts of Carmichael, parts of Fair Oaks, parts of Folsom, and a little piece of Foothill Farms. Okay, so that's San Juan Unified, right? San Juan Unified, Twin Rivers, Twin the Rivers. part of Foothill Farms. Okay. And Folsom Cordova for the part of okay. Gold River. Okay. Yes. Interesting. That's good to know because um, you have a couple of school districts over there that have been um, significantly disproportionate in the way that they handle discipline towards black children and specifically. Um, and so I'm wondering, you know, as you are undertaking this this feat <laughs> to come in and represent that area, what are, what are some of the things that you're looking for um, specifically um, in how you plan to change and challenge the way in which they're doing things. Yes, yeah, so uh, student discipline has been a significant issue, right? right? Especially on that side of town and the disproportionate numbers of student discipline. But I wanna back up first yeah, because- Back up to wherever yes, you want yes, to, yes. but I'm just excited. <laughs> so forgive my, my overzealousness. No, no, this no. This is my wheelhouse. I, yes, think it's a, I think it's a great question, but there's also an education piece that has to take place first because a lot of people get mixed up what the local school board does versus what the county board right. of education does mm -hmm. versus the state board of education, right? And so the county board of education is not really hands-on the policies that take place in at the local level. Can I get you to pull the microphone just closer to you is what I'm being told, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so basically... At the local level, that's where curriculum is being adopted. That's where policies are being made. So those disciplinary policies that, you know, we're talking about here, those are being handled actually at the local school level, um, mm -hmm. school board level. Mm -hmm. uh, those are handled by your local school district officials. Allegedly. But go ahead. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, the county board of education's job is really to support the districts, making sure that there's professional development available for educators. We also, at the county board level, you make sure that funds are being allocated properly 
that they are being used in a way that are actually going to be beneficial to the students. And so really a lot of the information around, or not information, but a lot of the policies regarding student discipline are actually handled at the local level. Okay. And so I, I understand the policy discussion. Mm -hmm. However, does the county board have any purview over any of that? Because I know that the state kind of, um, they are the ones that put in the designation of significantly disproportionate. So what responsibility in that does the county have? The county would have an impact on decisions made with expulsion um, appeals as well as suspension appeals. Uh, and so that's where the County Board of Education would come into play. Gotcha. Miss Quinessa. Um, on your website, you talk, ooh, not me bumping stuff. Uh, you talked about honesty, respect, and dignity as your core values. Um, can you talk about how you've seen those values in play already in the position you're going, you would, you're running for, or how you would incorporate those values into that position? Yes. So those are my core values. That's what I live and breathe. And that's, that's what moves me and drives me. So it's honesty, respect, and dignity for myself and all others. Uh, so when it comes to the County Board of Education, one way that I would like to see more honesty, transparency, respect, is I want to hear more from our parents. I want to hear more from our students. I want to hear what concerns are driving you all. What, what do you feel um, needs to be addressed? Because we can make decisions all day, right, at the county board level that are going to impact the students throughout this county. But we have to be able to hear what the concerns are and the needs are so that we can actually properly address them and make sure that that voice is being included in that and that those decisions that are being made. So going back to your question about um, how does, you know, what does the board's influence have over these areas and how can that, you know, play? It's really, you know, you can't advocate for people when you don't know the system, mm. you don't know how it works. You have to know how the educational system works in order to know where to make those changes and you have to hear from the people that are being impacted. You cannot make decisions without listening to, to those um, voices. Facts. Um, I'm going to go to Adrian, but um, I had a question, but I forgot it. So go ahead, Adrian. I was going to follow up. Um, so, yeah, I'm just wondering if you were elected, where do you think the allocation of funds is most needed in your area? Mm. That's a good one. That's a good one because it's different, right, in every single area. So mm. we can talk about San Juan Unified and we can talk about the test scores and student achievement scores in that area. Um, we can, you know, that's that's actually SAC County wide um, student achievement levels, especially for our black students. We have our black students who come from middle class families. Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. are still underperforming poor white students. That is. And then we can expand nationwide, right? And right. We talk about how Black students are performing nationwide in comparison to foreign students, students where English is not their first language. Right. Uh, and so the priorities that I see in supporting the districts, right, that's really supporting the districts at the county level, is making sure that they have a clear understanding of the demographics in which they serve um, and making sure that there is equitable access for all students, even if they are just 1%. Uh, 
or less at a school, right? We need to make sure that all of our students' needs are being addressed. We need to make sure that the curriculum is addressing the needs around math and English and making sure that it's rigorous to prepare our students for workforce or after, you know, after K-12 education, whether they want to go into college, whether they want to go straight into the workforce, we need to make sure that we are preparing our students in, in the best way that possible. Then you go to Rancho Cordova and you talk about facilities mm-hmm. and the lack of equitable access to facilities that are conducive for learning for all students. And then you talk about some of the things that have taken place um, between, you know, how money is being allocated to schools. On the the Folsom side of the tracks versus the Rancho Cordova side. side, Yes. And so, you know, when we talk about education, we can't talk about, we had to talk about equitable access to facilities. We had to talk about safety concerns Mm -hmm. and we have to address the curriculum pieces. And that's kind of those areas. Those are the, the three areas. Again, they fall with the local school board, but as a County board of education, since we are overseeing, the development and the adoption and and approval of the local control and accountability plan, which is how it's kind of like the three-year strategic plan Mm -hmm. that districts have to implement and making sure that our one, our stakeholders, our educational partners, that is your students, parents, teachers, administrators, as well as community members have a clear view and understanding of what the local control and accountability plan is, how school funding works, what you can use certain funds for, what you cannot use certain funds for, and making sure that when you're looking at these local control and accountability plans, that the, the allocation of funds are actually going towards students mm-hmm. and student services that are actually going to work and that are equitable, not equal, equitable. Yeah. And if you've never looked at an LCAP plan, I advise you to go ahead and check them out. What I found about them is they're very um, standard in terms of what the language is. And they're just kind of re-put the same plan in front of folks every year. And they're signing off on it like they're doing a good job. I'm so glad you said that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah. No, because so my job has been around the local control and accountability plan. Yeah. And that is one of the reasons why I'm running because I feel as though, how are we to sit here and have these LCAP educational partner stakeholder meetings, feedback mm-hmm. sessions, when there's not a clear understanding of the process and why this plan is created mm-hmm. and you don't see much change, no, right? The and metrics don't change. The metrics don't change. And they're still rewarded with the funds. Yes. So <laughs> like, so let's what, keep it a buck. Like, yes. And, and just for a breakdown for everyone who does. Who sorry, y'all. Know, we just talking. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so for those who do not know what the local control accountability plan is, also known as the LCAP, mm-hmm. it is you have your goals, you have measurable outcomes. So what is the expectation after these three years? How, what are we, how are we going to measure success? Did we meet this goal? This is mm-hmm. how we're going to measure it. And then actions. What actions are the districts going to take? Are the schools going to take in order to meet those goals? And they have money attached to it as well. And there's money attached to it. So you have local control funding formulas, how many of our, all of our schools actually get their funding in the state of California. And then some schools will actually tie in their federal funds. So that's your title one, two, three, and four, mm-hmm. which will also be reflective in the LCAP. I'm also, I'm a favor, I'm in favor of more transparency. These are public dollars. Yep. This is, uh, you know, we're talking about public schools here. And so I like to err on 
put those federal funding, sorry, put those federal funding um, dollars, put that in the LCAP as well, because there's no requirement right now by right. the state that the federal funds have to be um, added to that. That's why you have your school plan for student achievement, which is also known as the SIPSA, that houses your federal funds, but your uh, LCAP houses your state funds. And so that's the LCFF um, calculator and where that comes in. But in that plan, you can see, okay, this amount of money is being allocated towards this service. And then you can look back on the data and the measurable outcomes after those three years. Actually, every year, your district should be holding a feedback session mm -hmm. on the LCAP. Mm -hmm. And I encourage everyone to be a part of those meetings and to be vocal about it. And if anyone has a question before they go and they have a question about how does the LCAP work, I am available to answer those questions because I believe it's important to know the process in order right. to make impactful, um, feed, to give impactful feedback. Mm -hmm. And so that you can see those LCAPs changing year after year, because technically we are supposed to be reviewing the LCAP annually. It's a three-year plan, but we're supposed to be reviewing it annually and we're supposed to be looking at the data. Another piece, a tool that you all could use to measure is my school performing is the California School Dashboard. My favorite resource. Yes. That's a wonderful resource that the state has put out. And if you look at the California School Dashboard, it breaks down the information as to how students are doing. And it goes by demographic. Demographic, which climate, is, um, yeah. their suspension numbers. You know, all of that is is housed in the school dashboard. And y'all will get real familiar with that. Yes. Become familiar with that. That is your friend. Um, make sure you know the data so that when you can go in, you can question that Facts. those data marks, right? You can say, you said there was going to be an increase in literacy rates for African-American students by 5% mm -hmm. in year one. And at the end of year three, it's going to be 20%. And we're at year two. And this is... You at 2%. And you're at 2%. And you so, suck at your job. Right. And I don't see any yeah. of the actions changing mm -hmm. that you said you were going to take in order to reach that goal. So how are you going to address that? Yeah. And the problem is there's no there's no punishment or consequence for them not meeting the goals. And that is the problem. Well, for some schools there are. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So for, and I say, <laughs> and I only say for some schools because there's the argument there, right? Mm -hmm. of charter schools. Well, I was about to say, yes. you're talking about charter schools. And charter schools are mm -hmm. held to a higher accountability because if they're not re reaching those mm -hmm. goals and they're not meeting them, yeah, they can get closed. Well, I ain't going to go into that. However, <laughs> that's, a, that's a different topic. Yes. <laughs> However, um, Ms. Keela, Wow. Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I was going to say something, but I'm like, let me let y'all get y'all out because I could go. Yeah. Okay. So you have like military background as well as like your parents. My parents, parents have military did. background. Okay. Okay. Not, okay. Not I. <laughs> okay, that's what, okay. That's what I was going to get out the way first. So what is the importance of like parent involvement? And if you can give yourself as an example, that would be nice. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll use myself as an example first to answer yeah. that question. Okay. My mom, um, being a single mom, was very vocal and active in mine and my brother's education. So she would drive us literally across town just to go to a different school within mm -hmm. the district because the school that, was, that we were assigned to was not meeting the needs and their student scores were, you know, not where my mom would like it to be. So for an example, I started out at Del Campo High School which is in the San Juan Unified School District. Mm. But I ended up graduating from Center High School in Antelope mm. because they had a program there that was not in 
any of the schools that were in mm -hmm. my district. And so I did an interdistrict transfer. Mm -hmm. So my mom was very vocal, very active. She was back in the day before um, when student enrollment, parents used to have to line up outside of the district office just to get their child in the schools that they mm -hmm. wanted to go to. Mm -hmm. And that was my mom. Mm -hmm. So she would say, Van, as my family calls me Van, she'll say, Van, I need you to watch your brother. I got to go make sure that you get into this school. <laughs> <laughs> Did she go through the, like the tent and all this type of stuff or no? She didn't do the tent, but she said she she had her little purse full of snacks. Okay. And she oh. had a chair. Oh, yeah. oh I know. She she was her mama was serious. Yeah, she, <laughs> she, was, she, was, she was ready. Right, yeah. right. She didn't do the tent thing, though. Okay. But some parents did do a tent. Okay. Um, and so my mom was very active. I was not allowed to bring home anything lower than a B. Um, I actually got a C in swimming. What? And my mom said, how the heck are you going to get a C in swimming, <laughs> right? And I said, well, swimming it's, hard. it's second period, and I didn't want my hair to get messed up. <laughs> and that's that. And I said, <laughs> that's that. I ain't mad at you. <laughs> Do the written assignments. So, so yes, that was, that was a push. But my mom really pushed for, you know, financial literacy. She pushed for me uh, to, you know, know the importance of education on my summer breaks when I was in elementary school, she would go get a workbook from the teacher school, uh, the teacher store mm -hmm. and uh, uh, make me do every single subject before I could go outside or do what I wanted to do. I hated mm. it, but it paid off. It what paid did it teach you? It taught me to, you know, I think what it really taught me, I hated it growing up, but it taught me hard work pays off. Mm -hmm. It taught that when you really, um, push yourself or push yourself to succeed and push yourself to know more and learn more knowledge is power. Mm. And so, um, in Vogue had a song, but you know, that's, that's Oh, I don't know if you guys know in Vogue. Anyway, <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> I was like, nope. You don't know but, in Vogue? No. Oh, oh Lord. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Well, I got you. One of the lyrics that in one of their songs was, uh, knowledge is, knowledge is power. Absorb as much as you need. And mm. so, that is something that my grandmother, my mom, my aunts, they've all instilled in me is to learn, 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 learn. Free your mind. Yes. And the rest will follow. <laughs> <laughs> These three, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. Uh, Carlos, it's on you. Had to have been there. It's on you, Carlos. Um, so El Centro Junior High School and Senior High School. Okay. Mm -hmm. How successful do you think that's been? And moving forward, where do you see it? And what improvements did you think could be made? So I haven't looked at the, the data lately okay. for El Centro, um, if you know it. And what is that? Is that a like a continuation so, school so or is it a non-public school? What El are we Central talking about? The junior and senior high school in Juvenile Hall. Juvenile Hall. Oh, okay. And I also heard that you, there's there's programs to help these kids once they want to go to college to get zero priority, different things like that. Can you talk about that part? I cannot. Okay. But I can talk to, I know that there are services and I know that Los Rios um, has been working really hard to mm -hmm. ensure the recruitment of black students and making sure that they have the tools and the resources that they need. So basically free college, okay. right, um, for two years. But then while they're there for those two years, helping students get scholarships so that when they transfer to the four years, those mm -hmm. four years are actually being paid for and they don't have to worry about that. Um, and so I know one of the things that one of my priorities Mm -hmm. We live in a region full of nonprofit organizations that do a lot for our community. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
we don't work with the districts. The districts don't work with the nonprofit organizations. I wonder why. Hmm. And so how can we bridge yeah. the two together so that we can provide more resources to our students? We can provide, you know, additional help if that's tutoring after school and this nonprofit organization mm -hmm. provides tutoring. But so to your to your point, my one of my priorities when I run is or when I as you're as running as I'm running, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. and, yes, <laughs> thank you. Um, is to make sure that we are really looking at what resources are available to our students to provide the to address their needs. Okay, so you'll be open for that conversation if the opportunity Definitely. Does go? I will go look at the data. I'm going to hold you to it. Yeah, please. Personally. Do. I will give you my personal phone number. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Blocking that in. Yes. Um, you know, and and as you were talking, so you you did mention that you would be over um a few school districts. So, if someone was to have something they wanted you to look into, where does your purview extend to? What should they be coming to you for? And what is outside of the box that they probably shouldn't be coming to you for? They can come to me about the LCAT. They can come to me about how funds are being allocated at their schools. If mm -hmm. they have an issue and they feel like their voice hasn't been heard, they can always come to the County Board of Education, provide public comment, and, you know, everyone's listening. But again, I want to be accessible to those who are not just in my area, but across the county, mm -hmm. because I think people forget, um, you know, this area is area four. But this person who wins this race is going to have impact over students in Elk Grove, students mm -hmm. in Del Paso Heights, students in Natomas. And so it's really making sure that, you know, we elect the right person to Facts. the board. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. But as as a candidate, if you know, if I am blessed to be in this position, I want to be accessible to students and parents. I want to hear their concerns because one of the biggest things is building relationships, right, with the local school board members uh, and talking to them and saying like, hey, did you were you aware of this issue at your school? I had a parent I was talking to ran into them at Starbucks and they said, you know, this was a concern of theirs, but they said it wasn't being addressed by their local district mm -hmm. and just flagging it for them. But then also giving the tools and nuggets that are needed to that family, to the, that student, to those parents as to how they can vocalize their concern mm -hmm. in a way that will actually be heard and um, understood. All right, y'all. I hope y'all paying attention. Ms. Quinessa. Hi. Um, so parent choice and, and agency and student agency is, is something that you really value. And I want to know what you would say to admin or teachers that already feel like there's too much parent input in the classroom. Yeah, I've actually gotten that. Some people told me not to put parent voice in my platform because of that reason. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and um, again, I'm going to stick to my values, right? Right. And so um, what I would tell them is, that parent choice is really a social justice issue. It's a civil right. Um, and that who are we to tell parents what is best for their child when they know their child best? Mm. And so making sure that we have those options available to parents. And some of the options might not be best for their student. Yeah. Um, and they be, they're able to choose and select which school. So I would tell teachers and administrators, if you think there's too many options, ask yourself, why are there options or mm. why, do there, why does there need to be options for students or for parents to choose and for students? Yeah. Adrian? Um, so it seems like during your life, education has been a big factor. 
Um, and I'm, I don't know if you said this, how long have you been in education working? Yeah. So I did two years as an external auditor, actually, <laughs> auditing K-12 school districts and county offices of education, and then eight years actually being a compliance and governance director for K-12 public schools. Okay. So I'm wondering what, what about now made you feel like you needed to wanted wanted to run or yeah so much of my career has been working with parents and has been parent involvement around the budget process for our schools and one of the things that i realized is here we are i'll repeat myself about the lcap process because that's huge that's how money is being allocated uh you know parents not i'm asking parents for feedback and they're like what's what is that you know and then they're saying, let's use Title I funds for parent meetings. Well, we can't use Title I funds for parent meetings. So it made me realize that we need to have an educational piece in order for, because parent voice is very strong, right? When, when they know what the process is and they can actually provide feedback that's informative. Uh, and so if that means holding an extra parent meeting just to go over the process, break down you know, how school funds work, I want to do that. Um, and so seeing that, seeing this argument of, you know, parents not having choice and agency over what schools to send their child to, seeing too much, uh, too much powers that be being able to influence that option for parents is problematic to me, especially for our black students where the neighborhood school that you're assigned to may not be meeting the needs of the yeah. community. Yeah. And so as a parent, you should have the choice to send your child to another school that's on the other side of the freeway or on the other side of town. It, it should be the parent's option. And so that's really why I wanted to run is one, to advocate and equip our parents and students with the information that they need and to, in order to make informed decisions and for their voices to be heard and to also make sure that that parent choice option is not going away. Ms. Keela. Adrian stole my question. <laughs> Carlos. <laughs> uh, I got, actually, I got a couple, but um, oh, no. what's your thoughts on critical race theory? <laughs> so that's, that's not a, that's not a, at the K through 12 area. That's <laughs> a college term that they just flipped over, but go ahead. So I'll break it down. Okay. Um, Cultural competency, DEI, mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of how it shows up on the, yeah. local, on the local school level, K-12 mm -hmm. level. Uh, so my answer to that is that it is our job as educators to make sure that we are creating spaces that are safe uh, and, you know, safe spaces for all students and that they feel like there's a sense of belonging and they feel included within the community and they don't feel excluded mm -hmm. and that they have just as many rights as their classmate right next to them, right? And they have an environment in which they feel safe and that they can learn and they have access to the same education. Did that, did that cover it? As far as it's going to go, yeah. I mean, I can go all day with it now, yeah. But do you have one more? You said you had another one or no? Um, it just seems odd that there's no transparency, but you want parents to trust the process. You know, what I'm saying, not saying you, but I mean, in regards to the way that you're, the way that people are actually teaching our kids, and it's like if we got transparency, 
it would be less of the we need to, you know what I'm saying? But there's no communication or transparency, so it's just a disconnect all the way across. And it's sad because at the end of the day, there's not enough parents that even know how the process goes to even say, hey. And nobody's stopping to teach them either. Right. Nobody's stopping. And so even with like your, the LCAPs, right, they have school site councils, right? And they pick and choose which parents they want in the school site council. Let's keep it a buck. They, I got in the school site council. I started asking questions. They right. didn't want me in right. the school site council right. no more. Right. So <laughs> not a lot of parents know what school site council is. Right. Exactly. And, and, and you only know if you're, I don't know, kicking up dust or whatever, there's not a, a, a thing that goes out that says, Hey, we want you involved in this LCAP meeting and, and to tell you, okay, the LCAP stands for local control, you know, uh, accountability, accountability plan. They don't tell you what it is. They don't tell you how it interacts with LCFF, that they're not the same document. They don't tell you, you know, a lot of things, but then they get mad when, when somebody comes and says, well, did you talk to the parents? And they say the parents don't want to be bothered. Nobody's talking to them. Right. And so that's what my role, right, was to get that school site council, get those parents involved. <laughs> and so again, there's a has to be an educational piece. Right. There has to be an extra step that's taken. There has to be that that agency for school officials to take when it comes to communicating to parents about what these different options are and how you can get involved at the school level. So if you want, you know, what does the school site council do? They actually are over the school plan for student achievement. Allegedly. Which is right which is where the federal funds are, right? right? But your concerns and your comments are exactly what a lot of parents are saying. Mm -hmm. I can vocalize everything I want. Mm -hmm. I can go to these meetings, but I'm not seeing anything. And so how can you make your voice be heard? How can you actually make enough noise, right? Mm -hmm. To where, okay, we're going to listen. Yeah, and it seems like the verbiage is intentional because I don't really know what a bunch of alphabets next to a bunch of stuff Well, is. okay. <laughs> put, it, put, it, put it in language terms like, right. hey, this right. is the such and such such, also known as right. check on your damn kids. Right. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, no. it's a hundred parents in Valley High that'll get that that would not go to these meetings. So. so in education, just like lawyers use legalese, there we go. in education, we tend to use this educational jargon. Acronyms. Yeah. Oh, K-12 is good for acronyms, yeah. right? Uh -huh. K-12 is good. so much so I did a little pop quiz with my school site council whenever I would do annual training and I would say, OK, we're going to do a we're going to talk about the acronyms. So I'll say LCAP, Local Control and Accountability Plan, WASC, Western Association of Schools and Colleges, your WASC accreditation yeah. plan. Right. And they don't even know there's a process for WASC. Oh, there's. And there's we sat big... in, we sat in, we went to some school. What's, I don't know. We went to one of these schools that we sat in on their WASC accreditation. And it was insane because those parents actually went for the jugular and we're sitting there like, wait, what did we walk into? Well, right? WASC, there's a, there's a student group and there's also a parent group that should be a part of that process. I don't know. Were there students? I know we we took up half the table. It was just parents. Yeah. We took up half the table because I took the kids from this office. Nice. Um, just so we could go and see because we had never been to one. Um, and even when they started talking about the problems, it was just like deer in headlights. Like they had never heard them before. Well, that and wasn't one of them wasn't even from San Juan District. They were from like Foothill or somewhere. Well, it's still in San Juan. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think Foothill is Twin Rivers. Foothill is Twin Rivers. Oh, oh okay. But they were like they were talking about an issue with whatever around there. Right. So, okay. but 
it was a lot going on, but we didn't know anything about that process is what I'm saying. Yes. And so going back to your comment, you, we have to break down that education jargon. We got to get rid of it. We got to remove these barriers yep. that are preventing our parents from actually. That's why I think it's funny when we ask for parent input and we ask for student input. But yet we have all these barriers in place where they don't. You know, not everyone knows what the LCAP is. Not everyone knows what the SIPSA is or school site council and what school site council does, let alone what are Title I funds versus mm -hmm. Title IV funds, right. right? And so we have to do a better job in education, whether that's at the county level, whether that's at the local level. We need to do a better job as educators to ensure that our community is educated and that they have the information that they need because we cannot ask for feedback that is actually going to be impactful. But that's why they don't get any. Do you think social media can impact that, though, if yeah. you post it? I think so. I actually think so. I think that's a great idea. Um, I love the young people. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like, I think that'd be cool if there's just like just like an Instagram page or a Facebook page, yeah. whatever it is, and like you just talk about break these things down, like, hey, this is this. I would love uh, to work with you all on hey, that. Let's do it. Or, I was like, there's no social hey, media. Or that? just create a position <laughs> for somebody as a liaison to the parents. Yeah. I just think, you know, I think that's the first thing people go do. Oh, research this, Google this. Okay, I can just go on their Instagram and do that. So that means that we do a series of little, you know, little series of little videos or snippets. Yeah, we talk about, and you know, it's actually really good to have students do it because it breaks it down to a different level, right? And also, students should be involved. Yeah, sure. Students actually should be weighing in on the LCAP process. Yeah, I love that idea. I'm so, I'm with it. Well, we could weigh in here. <laughs> we could bring it up here because I also wanted to talk about the Title Nine, but we out of uh, time um, because Woodhill High School yeah. has an issue with Title Nine investigations and one particular teacher putting in multiple Title Nines on Black boys mm -hmm. over there. So I, I I am going to connect with you on that because I think that there needs to be something d done because when you talk about cultural competency and you talk about DEI, um, if people don't know culturally what's happening, they tend to right. think everybody wants them. And that was the mistake right. the lady did with Emma Till. She thought he wanted her. Right. So um, I would love to connect with you that on that. And I used to be a D, uh, Title IX officer. Oh, we're definitely so going we'll to talk. talk. We're yeah. definitely going to talk. I'm just putting it out there. It's when we're, <laughs> we're coming. Just yes. no. Um, especially, you know, like Deion Sanders said, we come in. Yeah, it's, it's coming. Um, so with that, you guys, we are out of time. We are about five minutes over, but that's okay. We had two incredible conversations, two incredible candidates. You saw your choices. We expect you to respond with your votes. Um, if this is something that you can get with, I, I know that I'm in, in the county, so I'm going to be casting my vote because I think that... Um, there's a lot that needs to be done. And if we if we want to see changes, we can't continue to put the same old people into place um, to enact things. Because if we're doing the same thing, expecting insanity. different results, it is absolutely insanity. <laughs> so with that, we're going to hit you with the peace sign. We, are, we will see you here next week. We have one more round of candidates to finish out our civic engagement series. We are Black versus the Board of Education. Check us out next week. Peace.